all in my head like a fucking idiot. I'm not training. I don't give a shit. And I was like, I'm not going to jog by myself. And I just had to do my jog on my own. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Welcome back. I'm so excited to finally have another trail tips. Tori was away for a while because she had this crazy move we're going to hear about. We finally got together, and I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about this episode so that you are prepared for what it is. We acknowledge at the beginning, the vibe isn't our normal vibe. There wasn't as much humor. I'm sorry, I'm going to apologize up front for that. And we have been doing this for a while now, a few years, and we usually answer race questions, and every once in a while, we just have a discussion to reevaluate where we're at with running and whether or not it's still adding to our life. I guess, you know... Like, if you're in a relationship and you get complacent, eventually you got to think about, is this person still adding to my life? And that goes in theme where we cannot stay on topic on this episode. <laughs> it is about tennis, relationships, parenting, and if the anxiety you feel before a race is worth the rush you get for a race. And can you diversify and have other hobbies so that running still stays an exciting addition to your life? You guys wrote in, we read your comments, but I will warn you, there's a lot of Tory therapizing me, is therapizing a word, I don't know, about where I'm at with running, and that's kind of it. Maybe that's all I'll say about this, but we are going to turn the tables and get back to race questions for our next episode, so please find me on Instagram at hillsport55 and reach out with your questions about races, and we will get back into that with much more oomph now that we've been able to do our reevaluation session. So if you are looking for some really great Q&As, this is not your episode. If you want to go on a long run and feel like you're just having a conversation about life, then this is your episode. So choose it wisely, but know that we are going to get back to those fun questions. So write in, send them to us and we'll get to them. I'd like to take a second to thank today's sponsors. Today we have Gooder sunglasses. You guys know Gooder. We talk about them all the time, but if you're not checking the website regularly, you're missing all of the new amazing styles. So head over there now to check out the wild things. They're so fun. It's summer. It's time for fun new sunglasses. We've got golf sunglasses, game sunglasses, bike, run, beast mode, everything you want. It's here. They're functional, they're affordable, they're fun, and you can get 15% off with discount code TRW15 at checkout. If you go to gooder.com, gooder.com backslash TRW, you can see my favorites. You can also go to gooder.com and shop by your head size, by the lens type, by the lens color, the frame color, or sort by whatever you want. So go check those out now. We're also brought to you by Knack Bar Nutrition. Knack Bar is a Canadian company making ultra fuel that's sustainable. Sustainable ingredients, sustainable packaging. They're doing everything they can to make sure that we can continue to run and play in the mountains for as long as we're physically possible and keep the environment in a way that we can do that for as long as it will allow us as well. See how I tied that together there? Not very well, but you got the point. We also have Spartan Trail Races. This one is an amazing discount, so we only have a limited numbers. Guys, I've got a free race entry for you, and we know those race entries are getting out of control price-wise, so take advantage of this. 
Go check out if they have a new trail race near you. They're anywhere from 5K to ultra distances. The community is amazing. So much fun. Absolutely epic locations. And if you take a picture of yourself training and tag Spartan, tag Hillsport55 and hashtag Spartan Trail, I'm going to DM you that discount code for a free race entry. It's that simple. So we're doing this on Instagram. Head over there now. Take a photo. You can be running, hiking, lifting, but make sure you tag Spartan, tag Hillsport55, hashtag Spartan Trail. All of this info will be in the show notes as well. And get your discount code for a free race entry. Thank you for sitting through this intro. Thank you to everybody who's leaving ratings and reviews. That's how more people find us. If you have ideas for guests, if you just want to tell me anything at all, reach out. I love chatting with you guys. Thank you so much. Here is Tori. Okay. We are here for a trail tips episode. We are feeling that the vibe is not as funky. Spunky, please. We're not really sure where the term spunky originated from. But it, we have, we're in less spunk than we want to be in right now. Yeah. But you know what? Yeah. Let's, let's hammer out. Let's change that vibe. Tell me like the three best things about your life right now. I moved to Lillooet. Um, I guess it's a good thing. Yeah, it is. I jumped right in to what? Nothing, just the dramatic pause and like, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm good with this choice. I made very quickly and I'm here and I live here now. Yeah. I moved back to the mainland after 364 days of living in Comox Valley on Vancouver Island. Um, so my whole system is a little bit flipped upside down cause I've moved twice in two years. And I don't want to ever move again. So I'm sitting still and not doing anything. And, um, but I'm really happy to be on the mainland. So I don't have a ferry between people. Um, I am going to, yeah, I met my partner slash he calls himself his hubby a few months ago. And now we're in Lillooet. And um, so yeah, that's a really good thing. And he's pretty hot and I'm a fan and he's, yeah, I don't know. So those are like three, those are like three big things. Um, lots of good things. Yeah. Um, my dad came to visit last weekend, which was amazing. And what about you, Hell, Three great things. Well, uh, it's hard to say that. I don't know. I think I got a lot of good things that I like right now. And part of them will come up in our topic today. But it's funny, like listening to you talk about the things that you're trying to do or have done. And like for someone, like, it's like, you're trying to get established with this partner in this place and like, put down roots It's kind of this like sense of what I'm feeling. Um, after spending time with Comox Valley, and as someone who is already done that it's so funny how the grass always seems greener where I'm like oh listen to all the freedom Tori has like doesn't that sound nice but like I have to do these things aka called responsibilities to keep my life going but I think that is a very normal thing and probably a whole other conversation of like you sort of get to these points in your life where you like mourn the adult freedom that you had because I feel like it also is kind of brief even though I had kids and got married like a little bit later compared to other generations, I still feel like you work so hard to get out of the house and get established and have your own money. And then 
you are like not in that adulthood freedom for that long again. That's so a weird tangent. Anyways, three great things. Baker went rock climbing and it was hands down the cutest thing ever. And we went on a little trip. Um, I am feeling like summer is finally coming and I have a couple of things coming up that I'm really excited about. And my group of coaching clients right now, I've had some really good ones in the past, so I don't want to like ixnay the people I've had in the past, but I just am really vibing with all of the people I have right now. I feel like we have great connections and I'm maybe it's the like range of goals that they all have, but they're all just super cool people too. And I'm feeling very lucky to be able, I guess, because of technology, be put in contact with um, such like a rad group of runners that have amazing goals. And I get so stoked on their accomplishments and their races. And it's just made like everything really fun to have this, this crew that I'm rolling with right now. That's so exciting. Um, yeah, I showed Danny the pictures of Baker climbing. They were, those pictures looked fake. They were so cute. Um, but yeah, the freedom thing, I feel like, yeah, I really liked, like, I always kind of thought, cause I really, I don't know explain it. like before I met Danny, I like, I was so content and I don't like to use the word happy, but I was just so like, hashtag blessed for like all these pieces in my life that I had felt finally really confident about of like who I was and what I valued and what I spend my time doing and work and play. And, and I always kind of said to myself, like, I don't ever want to feel codependent on someone emotionally um, or like for, to meet my needs. Like I want to be, I want to feel really confident and, and like established in who I am. And if someone comes along and I want to share that with someone and they're a bonus to it, great. But I'm, I never wanted to be with someone to fill a void or fill a need. And it's funny, like the whole, this is not a dating podcast, but like, you know, sometimes you meet people in the dating world and you feel like you are that void that they're, that you fit, you tick their boxes and you're like, Oh, I'm going to fill this person's void. And I'd always get like the ick factor. Cause I never wanted it to be that way. Like I wasn't looking for a partner. I wasn't looking to, Maybe, maybe subconsciously I was looking to like start the next chapter of my life, but I was basically, I'd sent this very, basically a week before I met him, I sent this very bizarre text to my mom and my dad. I don't ever really text them at the same time about like, thank you for raising me. And I'm in the best place I've ever been in my life. And like, you know, the challenge and like the hard comings and like, I feel like I understand why I am where I am. And like all this, like totally out of left field basically being like so stoked to like be alive and like thanking them for birthing me. And then the next week later I met Danny. (laughs) That's so funny. That's the universe being like, she's ready. You're like, I guess. And then, and then this, and then this person comes along and I was like, Oh yeah, he'll be fine. Like adventure buddies, like really competent in the mountains. He's like a guide and like does all these things. And then I was like, yeah, he'll be like a fun dude to like go skiing with on the Island. And then like, he just kept love bombing me. And I was like, okay, this guy's love bombing, but like, he just keeps like, I'm like, are you always as stoked? And then he just like kept like, you know, it would be like, I kind of saw this as like a little bit of like flags and then whatever, five, six months later, he's still love bombing me. So, so far, so good. (laughs) Awesome. Love bombing is a whole other podcast, so we won't get into that, but yeah, I can relate to that where like Andy had his own life because he already had dependence. So we had to have time apart. 
that like let you keep that independence and when you can find that it's pretty fun because then like you said you're just like bringing more to each other's life without being dependent on each other until you have a baby who literally is dependent on you for survival and then shit changes Anywho, and then also like also the fact that is like that you know endurance running is a pretty like some people can frame it as like a selfish endeavor and like and it's like you need a lot of leisure time and a lot of privilege in your life to pursue any sort of activity but or any sort of like hobby but especially stuff that takes up takes up a lot of hours and leisure time and so you know there's that and I could be really selfish I'm like okay like I only know adult Tori as being as selfish as possible even though I come from like a big family so I'm like okay now I need to learn because when you meet someone at like 34 35 you're like okay like I'm not a self I'm not super selfish but like I'm used to doing whatever the hell I want <laughs> So anyway, totally. so that'll be interesting totally. to live with someone. Find out the things that are your non-negotiables and all of our dating podcast advice can be found at uh, our dating podcast title that I cannot think of on the spot that will come out later in the episode. But this type of thing, the reason we're talking about things that are like nothing to do with running is because our our topic today is a little bit like that. And I sort of think maybe it's age. Maybe it's partly COVID, but it definitely is a theme I am getting with some runners. And I guess it is all encompassing uh, to do with the best way I can explain it. And I actually spoke to an older tennis lady who is amazing at tennis about it. And she was kind of feeling that too. And where she's at in her life is the rush of competing causes stress. There is anxiety around feeling like you've prepared for a race and you want to perform your best and tapering and just the race nerves that we all know and it's exciting but there is a line where it crosses into stress that I don't think is beneficial and I don't think is fun and for the first time as someone who absolutely will compete with you over anything um I'm sort of finding like okay there is a balance that I need to find or a shift where I can still do those things sometime, but there's it's an easy tipping point where suddenly there's too much. And one of it was I came back from BMO into a league tennis match, and tennis was this stupid thing I picked up to be just totally fun. And immediately was so nervous in this tennis match and was like, whoa, this is like I just got over my race nerves like two days ago. And uh, now I have that I'm going to puke. I'm so nervous feeling again because I always want to do well in sports. So that feeling is always going to be there. I can't not want to do well in a competition. So, okay, is this not fun? Is this too many nerves? And how do you navigate that? So one of the things Tori sent me a message about was other hobbies and when and saying no to certain things. And then that really resonated with me because it was exactly kind of what I was feeling. And I'm in this place where I'm enjoying training for everything, weightlifting, everything and running more than I ever have in my life. But I don't know where I'm at with the competitions. So I guess we're going to hash that out and see what you guys said. Um, Tori, do you want to add on to that really long ramble? Um, I wonder if like what you just described is like a a reason why I haven't resonated with racing well however I've never enjoyed 
racing. Like, I mean, sometimes I do. Like, and then I do the odd race. I'm like, oh, actually, it wasn't as shitty as I thought. I've just always loved training. And so I think that you and I are almost like the opposite because I think I can be so A-type and so competitive that I kind of learned through trial and error that I put so much pressure on myself and I'm so intrinsically motivated. I can drive myself crazy. But what something you said is that like, you've always felt like you've always been really competitive and wanted to do really well in sports and competition. And I'm just, you know, the psychotherapist in me is so curious whether like, that is something that you've identified with so strongly, and then you got to like, kind of dismantle, okay, what part is like, my identity, because of like, what I've presented to the world? And what part of it is just like this, this innate thing that I that is just like who I am. And I'm like, and that's something to be celebrated, if that makes any sense. Totally. And, and then I think people it's that- 100% both things. It's like, I yeah, think it's yeah. both the best of that 100% and the worst of that 100%. If that makes sense. And then the, some of the comments of people like that sent in that sent in things. Um, I get the sense that sometimes people can have this really intense, like this pressure, and then you need to be able to identify, okay, is that pressure coming from me in turn? Is that pressure coming external? And then you need to sort of like deconstruct each type of pressure. And then, yeah, which like this is like a, a bigger conversation. But um, but yeah, like I just, I think people, it's hard to like do what you want to do and not really care what the world thinks, especially in this day and age because of social media and so much external influences that people really need to tune into themselves and, and try to practice and and just be really self-aware of like, what is their motivator and like, what is their drive? And I think the, I think sometimes like feeling like the pressure, like sometimes you don't even realize that the pressure is really external and you're like, why don't I like this as much? And it's like, oh, it's cause I'm actually trying to, to like present to this world, the world, something that I feel like I've, is expected from me. Yeah. hundred percent. And I've definitely sat to try and on a personal level to sort that out. And I can honestly say it is so internal for me. And that's probably part of the struggle that makes it really hard is though it is part of my identity and all of these things that you spoke about. I also have chosen sports that I feel there's no expectation because they were never my A sports. They aren't something I've practiced forever. I'm not supposed to be good at tennis. I started in September. So when I went to that tournament, I mean, a couple people at the club knew I was going, but there was no pressure from the outside because who the fuck even knows I play tennis? It was just me being intense with myself. And that's almost like, as soon as I get into it, like even Katie and I had this bocce game um, that was so intense and I absolutely love it. yeah. So yeah, I got I I think it's very complicated and probably takes a long time to sort out yeah. like where is the, the happy medium for you individually. And there's so many layers to that too, Hillary, because also like because of your history of success and your history of being competitive, like when you go when you walk into that tennis match where you didn't even think you had an agenda and all of a sudden these unanticipated emotions you're noticing them and you're like, well that doesn't make sense because I don't actually really care about tennis. But it's like these have these like your muscle memory of like comp- of like a sport competition 
pre-competition. It's like all of a sudden the muscle memory is like this emotional muscle memory. And so it's like, that's your body just indicating that like, oh, you care about this stuff because it is a, is it, it is a sport. And when, when your mind tells your body it's a sport, it's going to elicit these emotions. Yeah. That's such a good point because it probably is all encompassing where the expectation is it's an athletic event. Whereas if we went to a poetry contest, it literally would be, there's no expectation and there's no stress because I'm a terrible writer and I'm supposed to suck at writing. So yeah, you're probably right that it's just what your brain thinks. Well, actually that I actually would even like go anyway, the poetry funny, the thing is a funny thing. Cause as soon as I think you put competition in it, like you probably, you might've entered tennis at one point saying, I'm supposed to suck. I don't have to have the pressure. This is going to be fun and chill. And I'm going to meet people and I learned some things. And then all of a sudden you get to this like competitive piece and you're like, fuck. Well, yeah. But then as soon as you start playing tennis, I am like, oh, okay, I should be able to get good at this. Um, I'm never going to have that feeling with like an art project. So I think there's definitely a separation on like things. Like you said, when you identify this, this is going to be titled like territory just therapizes me. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh yeah Tori's like analyzing the shit out of everything can you tell that I missed clinical practice anyway yeah but it's interesting and I think we are similar enough too even though we have differences that like you can kind of understand what people are saying Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it's all fun and it's all part of learning and the journey and getting older and wondering like is there a peak to some of this stuff and all these things too but Okay, so like to just to add, so like the tennis thing, I guess I can like say it's similar to like the climbing thing. And like now that I'm, you know, with this person who loves climbing, he also loves jogging, which is great. But even this morning, I was just like, oh, I was up and I was like, oh, I might as well just jog in the morning before work. And he was like, I want to jog with you later. And then I was like, all in my head, like a fucking idiot. I'm not training. I don't give a shit. But I was like, oh, I'm just going to jog by myself. And I just had to do my jog on my own. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Because I get so tired in the afternoon. Anyway, so a few weeks ago, we had people visit um, and Danny took them climbing. We went climbing in Marble Canyon and basically he's the walking guidebook for Marble Canyon and stay tuned for his, literally his guidebook. Um, And it's just hilarious when people like ask him about the area because he's the only one with all the knowledge and he's made a bunch of the routes there. Anyway, so he took me on this multi pitch and like I've climbed sporadically, but like I do not climb and like, I'm sure I will get into it at some point, but I'm not putting any pressure on myself, but almost like reverse pressure on myself because I want to remind myself that this is like, I don't have an agenda with this. And like, so we went on this multi pitch. And then after that, my adrenaline was pretty high because, um, like being let down the rappel was not ideal. And so once I repelled myself, it was way better. And anyway, just the exposure on a multi-pitch after it was like the first time outdoor climbing in a few years. And I was like, usually I jump in with two feet to anything. Like I don't jog a fob K I'll sign up for a hundred miler. Like I, that, so I'm happy that I just did the multi-pitch with them. And that was that, but like they all continue to practice on like single pitch. And then I was like, I need to go chill myself out and run 10 miles on the highway. Like, so then afterwards, my friends kept practicing climbing and I was like, I need to jog or else I'm going to go fucking nuts. And so I had to regulate myself by going on a jog, which if I really cared and really wanted to practice and like probably be a good partner, I probably would have continued climbing with them because it wasn't a multi-pitch and I actually could have like learned more things and 
practice more things about climbing and all this stuff. Whereas like, anyway, so jogging is now my way to regulate myself emotionally, which I mean, it has been for most of my life, but, but that was interesting. Cause I was like, my adrenaline was so taxed from like the exposure and just feeling like I was going to die all morning. And I, yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't climb anymore. I think that's okay too. We talked a lot about having like other ways to cope, but when you're going through a stressful time and a move, I mean, it's totally okay to be like, okay, I got to rely on like my number one thing that I do while I can. And who cares? You can also be easy on yourself, right? Like, oh my gosh, big deal. You needed to go for a jog and that's okay. Yeah, totally. And like, afterwards he's like yeah I like would have and it was good that he was honest he was like oh I would have preferred like you staying and climbed with us and I was like logically it probably would have been better for my learning and also better in general for me to stay with my friends and climb but like my initial way to like self-soothe was to get the fuck away from the situation and jog on a highway (laughs) and I get that because I think I have social anxiety in small groups and sometimes you just need to remove yourself when you are feeling like you don't really feel safe I guess is the best word so I get that well I wasn't yeah totally I felt like unsafe all morning I was actually making um I was making like I'm strong enough to do like it wasn't a difficult pit like the pitches weren't difficult um but it was a multi-pitch which is not ideal and so it's funny like I was making these noises that were like imagine like a porno movie combined with women's tennis And then you're out in this like beautiful limestone wall overlooking this lake. And that was me. Sounds all right. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I was like, anyway, I think we should get into other people's comments here. So I thought it was interesting because the, the topic is so vague and kind of what other people came up with. So do you want to just alternate reading them and comment as we go? Um, yeah, I put in some notes I put in some notes underneath, but why don't you, why don't you read the topic? Well, I don't think I have, I don't think I have that. Do I? Isn't it on the top of the document? No, it says saying no. Well, who wrote the this below? Who wrote that? That, who wrote that, that? was uh, one of the people. Oh, I thought that was you. No, okay. but I'm going to read hers because it's good. So she said other hobbies are great for... The days when running isn't the smartest choice, but you will still need that outlet. Mental health above all. If you're stressed before runs or races to the point that you're causing more harm than good, I think that's a sign to take a step back and get help approaching it from a different angle. In my experience, poor long-term mental health usually leads to injury or other physical health problems. Being able to say no and not get swept up in decisions that negatively affect you in the long game is a super valuable skill to have. Okay, I'm going to comment real quick before you two. I think the fact that she acknowledged at the end, this is a skill because that's what we're talking about and how hard it is and just taking care of yourself. It is a skill. Yeah. And plus in this day and age, like the culture of, of resting and saying no is like not very, people don't practice it a lot. Yeah, exactly. And they think other people, like I used to get this when I quit drinking um, the first time many years ago where I thought people wouldn't want to be my friend anymore because I was making a different decision I had to make to take care of myself. And if anybody ditches you because you did what's good for you, then they're not your real friend. And I think that can go with the same with anything. 
Yeah, it's very true. And I think like with ultra running and trail running, like it is really hard because a lot of people do identify their friendships and community. And a lot of those people are in the ultra running community. And like, it is this amazing community. And a lot of people have made their closest friends on there. And so it's not, it's hard to say no to your friends, even if your body is telling you to say no, or your mental health is telling you to say no. You're like, it could be your say no to like your favorite person as a friend. Exactly. And sometimes, especially like I talked about before, when you have so many other things going on, saying no feels like you are sitting out on the opportunity to see your friends and do the things that you love, but maybe you need to as well. That's so complicated. Okay. Do you want to read the one from Emma? Yeah. And then I have something to say about Emma. Okay. So Emma says other hobbies are key. It's tough to balance sometimes, but I find that I've in a hundred percent, if I'm in a hundred percent running all the time, it feels like a job or something. I like being able to do other stuff and then go for a run so that I can. So I still feel like I'm saving a portion of my week to do stuff for me. I also think that my personal, my personal relationship with running um, or with anything is that I, I'm a very like all or nothing person. That's just my innate personality and not everyone's like this. But for me, like, I'm not one of those people that can diversify very well because like I only have so much energy to give and I only have so many fucks to give. And so when I say like, oh, maybe one day climbing will be my number one sport, it probably won't be. Um, But my, uh, you know, usually my agenda is like around running. Like I'll try different things. I'll do different activities. I'll learn something new. But at the end of the day, like I know what I've used to like make, to continue practicing, which is running to, to like contribute happily in society or whatever. But um, I think it's really hard for me personally to be like, oh, I'm going to go full into backcountry skiing and go full into climbing, go full into kite surfing. Like I don't have that energy because, well, one, I don't have the income or the time, but like two, I also don't have that many fucks to give. And you, the older you get, the more you really need to like narrow down the fucks you're giving. And then when you, you know, you put, actual responsibilities in front of you like you you can only have so many facts yes 100 and that's what i say is like after you have a baby too you have that freedom of thinking okay if i only have for argument's sake 20 fucks to give in a day and now 10 of them are already taken keeping this small human alive i'm suddenly in this relaxed state of like okay i'll take my top 10 of my essentials and i don't have to worry about the ones that are just pesky and annoying because i don't have space for them yeah i also that's amazing. You have 20. I have like three and a half on a good day. I've just said for argument's sake, I don't know, okay. but you have more than okay, three. Yeah. Cause I gotta be like, is the kid wearing sunscreen? Is the kid wearing a hat? Does Baker have lunch? Is he going to get to school? <laughs> Am I going to, you can categorize it all as just, child. so I'm at five <laughs> before I go to work, <laughs> but that's more like, that's all that could be like all one, one fuck, like one human. I don't know. You can't see my hands right now. Yeah, I suppose. But I guess because my point is like, if I have 20 of those, the, oh, someone else is going to care about my Strava pace does not get to fit in. The rope in our other episode, where we also complain about life. So if you came here for running tips, you started in the wrong place. Go back about 200 episodes when we told you how to run races faster. And now we're telling you how to not care about running races. And we were telling you about sunscreen on your kid. This is a tennis parenting dating podcast. I don't know if you know that, 
But if you came for the yeah. title trail running women, you were greatly misled. <laughs> also, it's a lifting podcast because the next one from Danielle, all she said is, I want to know more about Tori's lifting classes. <laughs> I, miss, I miss lifting class so much. I have my own lifting class in my three season room. Just want to take a quick break to introduce a new sponsor that we have, MetPro. So they reached out to me and at first I thought it might look like it was more of a diet program, but I looked into it and I actually think it is such a great fit for us because we talk so much about nutrition and everybody asks, what do I eat and how do I know how much to eat? And these guys are gonna help you find exactly what works for you. So it's a proven platform to help athletes that are looking to transform increase power and optimize their metabolic rate to maintain their energy and performance. So so if you head over to metpro, M-E-T-P-R-O dot co backslash T-R-W, you can get a complimentary metabolic profile assessment and a 30 minute consultation with a MetPro expert. So I'm actually gonna do that in a few weeks too to find out what kind of food is gonna fuel me best. And they are going to find out what your body responds against in a very specific set of variables. And then they're trained to take those results and translate them into some action steps, including how and what we should eat and what the strategy should be to perform our best. So again, that's metpro.co, M-E-T-P-R-O.co, backslash T-R-W, for a free 30-minute consultation with a MetPro expert and find out what will work for you. So tell us about your other hobby and diversifying into lifting and how that's going for you. Oh, I don't really, I, one, I wouldn't call it a hobby. I was doing it a lot because it was right beside my house when I lived on the island. And it was like this CrossFit style gym that like, when you move to a place where you don't know anyone and it's a lockdown, and then you realize that this gym is like a few steps from your house. And then you're like, oh, I can see a human in the flesh if I go here every day at lunch. And then I ended up learning a lot and meeting some awesome humans. And it just became a great community because I, so yeah, it's basically a gym. It's like CrossFit style class gym. And um, I don't, yeah, I do it because I want to you know, diversify the muscles I'm using and not just use jogging muscles. Um, and I learned a lot and, um, yeah, he was a really good coach. It's called, it's not actually called lifting class. It's called titanium athletics and it's in Courtney, BC. And yeah, now I practice my pull-up every day, my pull-ups plural every day. And I don't really do it. Like I do like the odd, you know, wad here, but I do just like the warm up every day. I'll do like just body weight warm up stuff. And um, I miss it because I'm not a gym person. And so I'm not motivated to really do gym things unless I have that like class environment because I, I don't take it super seriously, but I really appreciate like the skills and the different muscles I was using and the things I learned from the coach, even though one of the first things he said to me was, you're not really coachable. And then like all of his other athletes had to apologize on behalf of him because he's just like a funny dude. And I was like, no, it's fine. I don't take it seriously. Even if it was serious, I don't really care. But yeah, so. Yeah, the lifting class is so much more fun in the class environment. And our coach who knows Nicola, ironically, has created mm-hmm. such a cool class for that. I think if you can find something like you obviously had at your own old gym, it is so fun. Um, I know. I don't. They don't have a class style gym here in my new town. Um, but we just bought a squat rack and we haven't even opened the box yet. Um, Danny said he would do wads with me, but like, 
maybe we'll do more in the winter, but like I'll probably do a wad two or three days a week. But yeah, I don't know. It's like I learned, yeah, I learned some really cool things. And I thought I was learning a lot from the gym in Squamish I had left. And I was really sad to leave that community, um, wildlife gym. And, and I was just really grateful to find like another kind of community where, um, it wasn't just like running people and I could, you know, sneak away from work midday because it was right beside my house. And yeah, so now I'm just trying to figure out my new routine here. And yeah, we're just slowly getting into our new routine here. That's pretty much it. I think you should start a starting cl- uh, a class there, but uh, we can do our pull-ups together. It's so fun. I think we should, we should, it would be really fun if we could FaceTime each other, Hillary, like twice a week. And each of us were responsible for doing one wad um creating the wad for each other once a week and then we could just make like a 12 minute wad and put on the FaceTime. Honestly, the okay, so A, I think it's so amazing that when I was like, oh my god, I'm obsessed with these types of workouts that you finally now are like, yes. And I know I've said that a bunch, but it makes me extra excited. Um and yeah, because we used to do that during COVID and Andy and I would do them together. So the four of us could do them and it is so fun. Yeah, but then would you still even do that with me because you're going to this class environment? Yeah, I would I'm only going to the class like I am doing personal training just to work on my pull-ups and my upper body. But I still would do um at least one other time a week that I need to do. So I've had to learn to say no to my mind's expectation of what should happen in a race or how I should feel after it's over. Having an open heart and no specific expectations is key to finding the joy of running and celebrating when it turns out to be a great day. That being said, I'm wired to make goals and go after them. So finding goals that are realistic and don't put pressure on myself to perform are ideal. From Sophie. And she, that's like I think this is Sophie yeah. that had long-term COVID. So I think that's where that's coming This from. is like what you were saying about the tennis thing, I think earlier. And then I wrote to myself in response to Sophie, expectations are the root cause of unhappiness. Um, And if anyone doesn't believe me, then tell me something that is really devastating or unhappy in your life. And if you can't link it back to an expectation, please let me know. Um, That sounds really morbid and like bitter, but it's, it's true (laughs) in my, in my world. Yeah. It sounds like Sophie's like done a lot of work at being able to, identify like where her expectations lie and like shift her mind to like adjust this is great advice Sophie far more mature than I am why don't you read the next one I believe is from Melissa wait just going back to the expectation thing I think like just to add to what Sophie was saying you can reframe the term expectations and being like is this an expectation or is this um like a goal and expectations are different things and like once you have your goal set, you know, being able to identify what the why and what the purpose is to that goal. And that's different than having an expectation. Okay, next person, Melissa. Okay, so Melissa says, it's easy to misconstrue anxiety versus excitement slash normal nerves. And then I was going to respond to that saying, this is so true. It means that we give a shit. So we can reframe anxiety and nerves um, to helping us realize that it means we care. We care about the thing. And we can welcome and accept those feelings rather than trying to suppress or push them away. So anxiety and nerves can feel super uncomfortable. I'm not going to deny that at all. Um, But they're not, even though they feel uncomfortable, they're not a, a negative thing necessarily. Like anxiety is that fight or flight. And so sometimes you feel like that pre-race anxiety because, but it actually means you care. Whereas like if you're actually in like, you know, the caveman era and you felt anxiety it was because you had to care because you were going to get eaten or killed. So it actually just means you care about what's happening in front of you. But where 
there's or the anticipation. And does your body know the difference? Because you're responding physically the same physiology. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So when you're become like, okay, this is maybe becoming a negative and I care too much. So your body doesn't know the difference because it both feels it's the same like fight or flight body um, cues that are that are happening and that you're experiencing. But as soon as you identify that, oh, I feel nervous or I feel really anxious about said event or said situation or what I'm considering will happen in the future about said situation, because anxiety is really just your mind living in the future. And so once you're able to identify what you're feeling anxious or nervous about, then you can reframe and have that conversation with yourself and to be like, oh, I feel anxious. It's uncomfortable. And that's okay because I actually care about this thing. Or this anxiety and nervousness is unbearable. Like I'm puking for seven days straight leading up to this race. I might, it might not be the healthiest thing. Either I need to um, reassess my goals and expectations of this event so I can actually uh, minimize this physical expression of anxiety I'm having, or I'm going to work on reframing and, and working on my cognitive distortions and realizing and giving myself permission to not only feel the anxiety, but also tell yourself that this is a positive thing and it's okay to accept these, these feelings. Yeah, I think those are such great points. And it also goes back to what we talked before about internally and externally, where I think because mine's internal, I struggle with finding what that dialogue should be. But when it's external, and I've had athletes talk to me about it um, and using examples, like I want my boyfriend to see that I'm fast or my ex-boyfriend, um, <laughs> where it's so, and not, I'm not talking about you, Emma. There's other people that have gone through the same thing as a common knowledge. And to, to make sure they know I'm a badass. So therefore, I want to come at X place in the standings. And that one is easy because it's so obvious to say you could come last and you are equally as badass of a human being as you would be if you came first. And your ex is going to miss you, not because you ran fast, but because you are a good person. And it's easy to talk yourself out of like how crazy the external pressures and anxieties can be. I think when it's internal or a mixture of both, which is I'm sure it is for everybody, it can get more complicated. Probably keeping a journal. You know, like I went through this with Finlayson where because we hadn't raced in so long, a couple of weeks before I was feeling major expectations, both externally and internally and thinking like, mm-hmm. is this fun anymore? And then as soon as I got to the first aid station, I thought this is the absolute best. The energy is amazing. The Christmas lights are the best. This whole route doing this in the middle of the night, which I would not be able to do alone is Mm -hmm. absolutely fantastic and somebody else is going to give me food I don't have to carry 800 pounds of water like there were so many benefits to it too that you sort of have to remember Mm -hmm. why you do it yeah like why you have to like go back to your why because if your why is yeah let's say an external piece of like your ex seeing you place a certain place well there's a lot of things out of there that you can't control you can control what your effort is on race day, but you can't control if he's going to look at the stats, if he's going to give a shit. You can't control his thoughts. You can't control or her thoughts. You can't control. Um, there's so many pieces of that ex, ex, extrinsic motivator that you cannot control. Can't control and just would never know. Like we're just playing these games in our head yeah. anyway. Anyway. Yeah, totally. So wrapped up. Like you don't, you think he's going to call and say, oh my gosh, you're so cool. 
or someone's going to call you and say, you know what? I liked you, but you were three seconds slower per kilometer than I thought. And I no longer want to be your friend. Yeah. And also, do you want to have someone value you based on where you rank in a race? And would you even be friends or lovers with a person like that anyway? Okay. So I think Kayla. Yeah, that was interesting one. And I know that's how I remember typing it and saying, I wonder if I'll be able to pronounce this. I can't. But she says, volunteering helps me to say no to races. I still get to participate and don't have FOMO. Plus, volunteering is fun and you don't have to be out there all day. That one I thought is a great point, but you also have to be strong enough because that might give me excessive FOMO. It could give you excessive FOMO. And then also you're you're surrounded by people that are like, maybe that could annoy you asking you when's your next thing or whatever. Um I love how like, I think it was a great advice and I think it's an amazing thing to say. And then of course, like I go through the critical analysis of this and I'm like, very true. However, <laughs> check in with your boundaries on this one. And rem- just as long as it keeps being fun, because sometimes I know people that put pressure on themselves for volunteering at races and trail events. Um, and especially at ultras, sometimes the expectations of how much time and labor and work you're putting into volunteering um, become not fair and people aren't recognized or compensated as they should be. And so just we're putting, you know, boundaries on the time and the amount that you commit to that. Yeah, exactly. It all comes down to, to boundaries. I think both physically and what you allow your brain to. Cause technically it's a for-profit thing most of them I would say this is unpopular opinion so people are gonna fucking not like me saying this but um yeah it's someone's making a profit off of that which is 100% fine like make all the fucking money you want but um but just make sure that it's something that continues to be fun and that you are valued for and that you're being compensated fairly whether that's on honorarium whether that's free races whether that's swag you know, whether that's food, whatever. Yeah. Agreed to all of those things. Is there anything else over this conversation that has come up for you that you want to talk about? I don't know. What about you? I don't think so. I sort of feel like I don't really know if I had clear and concise points. I just sort of wanted to talk out loud about it and was stoked that other people had similar opinions or opinions or have had these thoughts that I'm not alone in having these feelings towards competing in races and other hobbies and all of these things. What is Sarah? I think that Sarah's like, maybe it's time that the younger generation gets to run races fast after she runs like a Who's that? Uh, Sarah Carter after she runs like a 258 marathon. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess you're all washed up now, aren't you? Yeah, we're all, what is, yeah, we're all washed up. Well, um, Danny jokes that he's- The fun parts of the road marathon too is just the fact of like, okay, so you've got your road marathons road marathoners so this is so just me versus me and that's kind of fun too yeah because it's not like you're competing with ethiopians yeah or just you know a fast white chick even like it's just not happening for me yeah trains in ethiopia yeah yeah so it felt it felt good that way uh and now everybody is talking about babies and i'm feeling the external pressure to have a second baby but are you really? I don't know. 
it also goes so fast that suddenly you're like, no, I don't want the tiny time. Every time, every time I tell Danny about like, oh, people are going to start trying here. Or like this person's now pregnant and like this person's blah, blah. Um, he just like uses that as an excuse to be like, yeah, so let's go. <laughs> How old is he again? Uh, he's 40. He's 41 in September. Oh, yeah. Nope, that's a lie. Oh, no. no he's 41 in September. So, yeah, he's ready. Okay. He doesn't want to be an old dad. So, I would like to put this out there. We've had a couple of these just fun discussion ones, but let's get back to some training questions. So, if you guys have questions, hit us up on our DMs. I am at hillsport55 on Instagram. Tori? I'm at, T, I'm at Tosho at T-O underscore S-C-H-O. And now that Tori is kind of getting settled in her location and not moving back and forth like crazy, we probably can get some more recording time dialed in and uh, we will have some fun episodes to talk about how to race fast, full circle. We will be the next time we talk at over half a million downloads. So thanks, guys. That's fucking cool. Holy shit, dude. Congrats. Thanks. It's crazy, isn't it? It is crazy. Tori, last question. What are you going to eat after this? Um, Werther. I'm really crushing the Werther's lately. I'm just staring at, just going to continue eating Werther's. Those are good. Yeah. Um, makes me feel like I'm going to the doctor, but also worth it. It doesn't count as a food, but like, they're really good to keep me going in the afternoon. I was like, man, what I about you? so much lunch. I probably don't need to eat till dinner, but I'm fucking starving. I don't know what I'm going to have. Those kipping pull-ups, man. Make you hungry. Yeah, I'm excited to try them on my, if we ever open the squat rack box that is outside. Yeah, I want you to uh, definitely film that. And if you do a kipping pull up and tear your house down, you will be such an... No, no, no. I can't do it right now with the current pull up bar. But with the the squat rack, I'm hoping it'll be a better setup. But we don't really know where we're going to put it. So Life's decisions, man. In the trailer. Yeah, adventures in the trailer. Which is in the trailer. Okay, peace out. Okay, bye. bye.